It's been a day of violent shock, condemnation, new sanctions against Russia after its invasion of neighboring Ukraine sparked what is the greatest security crisis in Europe since the Cold War. After months of military buildup, failed negotiations and Russian Russian threats 24 hours ago now, President Vladimir Putin launched an invasion entering Ukraine from the north, east and south, seemingly targeting the capital, Kyiv, as well as the cities of Kharkiv, Odessa, Mariupol and others. Air and missile strikes rained down on cities and military bases last night before tanks rolled in. There are reports of more loud explosions in Kyiv this evening. In a statement to the nation tonight, Ukraine's president confirmed 137 people had been killed in the first day of the invasion. Vladimir Zelensky is vowing to stay in the Ukrainian capital. Men aged 18 to 60 under martial law also can't leave the country tonight. Many, though, are choosing to leave. The UN estimates already more than 100,000 people have fled their homes, moving into neighboring countries such as Moldova, Romania, Poland, and Hungary to escape the conflict. In the capital, Kyiv, today, traffic leaving the city of nearly 3 million was bumper to bumper, while there were long lineups to board trains out of the area. That was the sound at the train station in Kiev today as people waited. Photos of those still there, though, show many sheltered in areas such as subway stations, bomb shelters and basements. Photos reminiscent of the Blitz in London way back. Canada and other allies began imposing more severe economic sanctions on Russia today in response to its military strike against Ukraine, targeting Russian banks and oligarchs, imposing technology export bans, but for now, not targeting Russia's vital energy sector. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland says Russian President Putin must face consequences for invading a sovereign country. Today, he cements his place in the ranks of the reviled European dictators who caused such carnage in the 20th century. The response by Canada and our allies will be swift and it will bite. And here is U.S. President Joe Biden announcing new sanctions as well. Putin chose this war, and now he and his country will bear the consequences. Today, I'm authorizing additional strong sanctions and new limitations on what can be exported to Russia. Prime Minister Boris Johnson of Britain also says they will impose a new set of sanctions that will harm Russia's economy and disrupt Putin's, quote, war machine. These powers will enable us totally to exclude Russian banks from the UK financial system, which is, of course, by far the largest in Europe, stopping them from accessing sterling and clearing payments through the UK. But for so many, what's happened in Ukraine in the last 24 hours is not about sort of diplomacy or sanctions. It's about family and it's about ties to a homeland. Uh, This invasion hits very close to home for many, including here in Canada. It has been a dramatic and difficult 24 hours for many. One of them is the Krochenko family. Bodan Krochenko played, or Bohan Krochenko rather, played an important role in the Ukrainian government in the early years of independence in the 1990s. He's a former director of the Canadian Institute of Ukrainian Studies at the University of Alberta and is now dean of the Graduate School of Development at the University of Central Asia in Kyrgyzstan. Tamara Krachenko is an assistant professor of public administration at the University of Victoria. They are nearly 10,000 kilometers apart tonight, but we bring father and daughter together to talk to us. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you for having us. Uh, I guess, Bohan, I'll start with you because I know you've been paying, you know, you've watched this unfold for many, many, many years. Are you surprised by the scale and scope of what's happened in the last 24 hours? Yes, I am. Um... If you watched 
Putin's hallucinatory speech, uh, the, the person has really gone mad. He was, and his speech motivating the attack on Ukraine had nothing to do with NATO, just a vitriolic attack on the fact that Ukraine does not have the right to exist as a country. And the goal is really its occupation and becoming a satrap of, uh, of Russia. Nobody thought uh, very, I mean, people were skeptical that he would launch an all-out war on multiple fronts and Ukrainians being inv invaded from the north, from the east and from the south. Nobody thought that he would be crazy enough to launch the, a, a large land war reminiscent of the Second World War on continental Europe, um, in continental Europe in 2021. But it is, uh, it says something of the nature of the Putin regime that he uh, has decided to do this. And now Ukraine faces the fight of its life. Tamara, I know you've been here, and uh, I'm in Victoria alongside you, actually. I know you've been here watching uh, things unfold, uh, you know, some 8,000 kilometers away. How difficult has it been? Uh, and how are, your, how are your family there tonight? Um, my family are on the move, trying to get out of Kyiv. My sister and her family, she has three young children. They are trying to get to western Ukraine where it might be safer. We understand that in Kyiv, there were missile strikes starting uh, basically at 5 a.m. Uh, and that there is a large airstrike planned that they plan a ground invasion and they want to take the city and remove our democratically elect, you know, Ukraine's de democratically elected leadership is the goal. And then to take the rest of the country within 10 days. That is their battle plan as they have articulated it. Tamara, I mean, I know so many of us have watched. I spent time in Kiev in 2014 and in the East as well, in Donetsk and in Mariupol and Odessa and those areas. I think, and I was speaking to people in Kiev earlier this week and even last week, and, and the idea was that while everyone was surprised, there had been sort of this low rumbling of war for so long that it caught people off guard when it actually happened at this scale. Is that the impression that, that you have? Yes, and, and yes, and yet I agree. Anyone paying attention has heard this, dehumanizing language that the Kremlin uses and their propaganda machine. And we all knew what that was. It was to make it okay to kill Ukrainians and to deny their existence. We've been hearing this dehumanizing language and, and this is astonishing to have a full-scale invasion. And yet you hear that language and you knew it was for a reason. And now we see why. Bohan, one thing that's always really struck me, and I, I remember being in, at Maidan in 2014 and thinking when, when the former president Yanukovych, a, a Putin crony, essentially fled and people ransacked, went to his home and found all his riches, that perhaps democracy, liberal democracy in Ukraine is the one thing that Vladimir Putin refuses to accept. And I know you were integral in building up those early institutions of the Ukrainian government in the early 90s. Do you feel like Ukraine's success has put it in a situation that Vladimir Putin cannot tolerate? Yes, Ukraine has succeeded with all of its faults, a democratic society with political pluralism and respect of human rights. And it is an, the exact opposite of the sharp authoritarian trends that have occurred in Russia, especially in the last little while. 
And there was a, you know, there was a very interesting interview with an average couple just a couple, just a couple of minutes ago in Zaporizhia, which is an industrial town in the east. And they said, well, what do you think about this invasion? And they said, we cannot conceive of a situation where we want to live under Putin's authoritarian regime. We'd rather go down fighting than have our future robbed for us for another generation. And so it's what is now happening are uh, troop movements, physical troop movements, because ultimately you have to have boots on the ground to occupy Ukraine. And this is where the, blood, the, the battles are going to be very bloody. It's one thing to do airstrikes to take out, um, to take out some military installations. And by the way, uh, Ukrainian, the Ukrainian armed forces were prepared for this. So when they attacked airfields, there were no airplanes there. They had already moved it. And now comes the hard part. And this is not going to be a walk through the park for the Russians. And uh, I think it's going to it's going to be awful. There, they want to obviously attack Kiev, and uh, they've already uh, put some paratroops down. But you, this is going to be a if, if that happens, it's going to be a fight street by street. The Ukrainian population is armed. There is a massive territorial army. So the, Ukraine is not going to be a, a, a pushover, but unfortunately, there are going to be very, very significant casualties. In eastern Ukraine, where the attacks are happening, and in general, across the borders, they have not managed to penetrate more than five kilometers into, into the country, except for a couple of places where paratroopers took over uh, Chernobyl uh, nuclear station, where that horrific accident in 1986 occurred. But the Ukrainian troops are obviously not going to uh, try and make an attempt to take back Chernobyl. They're holding the, the staff of the Chernobyl nuclear station as hostage because that risks uh, 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 an absolute catastrophe of another nuclear ex explosion. Uh, there is going to be very fierce resistance, and it's in many cases you are hearing very, very heroic stories. We're discussing the situation in Ukraine tonight with Bohan Krochenko. His daughter Tamara Krochenko Bohan is in Kyrgyzstan. Uh, Tamara is here in Victoria. We're speaking about, and there is family in Kiev tonight. Uh, Tamara, I want to ask you just about first of all, uh, have you had an update from your sister recently, and are they okay? And also, just the reaction that you've seen across Canada so far from the Ukrainian community coming out and and uh, supporting each other and and the homeland. Yeah, um, I last heard from her an hour ago. They are driving to find safety in Western Ukraine and away from, well, it's hard to say away from, looks like everything's being hit now, but away from Kyiv, which it looks like there's going to be a major onslaught. Um, and I won't rest until I know she's, you know, somewhere safe. But, and as for the solidarity in Canada, what solidarity we have, and not just from the Canadian-Ukrainian community, I have to say we've had incredible solidarity because Canada as a nation of people from so many different places that understand and recognize and have fled from authoritarianism, imperialism, and oppression. And we've also had such beautiful solidarity from First Peoples, and uh, it's just remarkable, and it's, it's wonderful. It's very heartening, and Ukraine needs the support, and they need faith, 
um, and belief that they will keep up the fight. Don't don't think that this is over. They're putting up a really hard fight. So that support and solidarity is so important. Bohan, what, what's the atmosphere been like in Kyrgyzstan, another former Soviet socialist republic, uh, far to the east, but still, has there been any reaction at all to what's unfolded in Ukraine? Oh, and I, I was going to ask you what... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I think the most important thing to, uh, to notice is that in Russia yesterday, there were demonstrations in 40 cities with thousands of people coming up. Now, to demonstrate in Russia requires considerable courage because when you go out and demonstrate, you are guaranteed that you are going to be arrested and incarcerated for at least 15, 20 days. And that's a black mark on you. They can dismiss you from university and from your job. I think this act of courage, especially Russian young people, but understand that people have, that Putin's regime has robbed them of any future is really, really something to be appreciated. It's one thing to go out and demonstrate in London, but in one in, in the 40 towns, when you go out and demonstrate, you're really pulling the future of your, you're putting your future on the line. And I, I think we should all appreciate the courage of these people. We certainly saw a lot of arrests as well today for those who uh, braved uh, braved the authorities to make their voices heard. Uh, Bohan, what do you make of the sanctions that came out today? Do you think it's anywhere near enough? Well, I think this is the beginning and we'll see how they bite. Uh, the West can't do very much other than sanctions. But the most important way in which Ukraine, the most important assistance that Ukraine needs now is actually help to protect its airspace and, uh, and, and missiles that can, can, that, that can shoot, shoot down airplanes. Uh, this is a weakness of the Ukrainian uh, armed forces. Uh, that would be the most, that would be the most important assistance possible. And there are, of course, some more crippling sanction, sanctions that could be in place. Um, anything that, that makes Russia pay a very heavy economic penalty for this outrageous act is welcome. But the sanctions will take some time to, uh, to impact. And some of them are going to have quite 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 serious consequences at personal levels as the children of Russian oligarchs studying at elite universities have to pack up their bag and go home. Tamara and Bohan, I didn't ask earlier whether you had spoken to each other recently, or at least in the last uh, little while. Is there anything you wanted to say to each other? We have about two minutes left. I was going to leave it to you for father and daughter. Uh, well, let's, I mean, we have this very awkward time change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we catch up with one another. But um, that we're going to, yeah, Bohdan is getting up. I'm putting the kids to bed and let's chat because we have a lot to catch up on. He takes the night shift, I take the day shift or vice versa. <laughs> in, in checking in on your on your daughter and your sister. Um, in I was TV. supposed to go to Kiev this Sunday. Um, right. And of course, now that airspace is closed and the war is on, I can't go to Kiev, but I intend to go as soon as it's, uh, as soon as it's possible. Well, I thank you both so much for joining me tonight uh, from 10,000 kilometers apart. Tamara uh, Krochenko here on Vancouver Island, uh, Bohan Krochenko in Bishkek in Kyrgyzstan. Um, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts tonight. Our thoughts, of course, are with your sister. Um, thank you so much. And you. Thank, you. thank you so much. So much. Good, night. Good night, both of you. Good night.